Hey, what's going on, everybody? So today, I want to talk about eating meat. I love meat. I'm not going to lie. But I'm trying to substitute some more vegetables in where the meat might be. And today, who better than my friend Sandhya? She is a self-taught vegan and vegetarian chef, a gardener, among other things. And she's going to teach us a little bit about some great substitutions to make if you want to cut out some meat and also some really surprising things about being a vegan. This is The Little Bit Podcast. Today, we've got Sanja here. Hello. Hello. So I've known Sanja for a long time, and we have gardened together, and she shares recipes with me quite often, and she is a fabulous cook. you got to follow her Instagram. I'll put that on the blog, and you can check out her beautiful pictures and recipes. Uh, but today, I think... I need, uh, well, there's a lot of things about being a vegan and a vegetarian that I don't really understand. And I think some clarification would be good for a lot of people out there that maybe aren't sure. Okay. So vegan, no animal products whatsoever. Mm -hmm. That's correct. And so that would include no eggs, no dairy. Um, Some people, they're different groups, uh, different ideas of what it means to be an ethical vegan or plant-based. Some people avoid all animal products to the greatest extent that they can, including not wearing any wool, not uh, consuming honey, not, yeah, yeah, avoiding leather. But um, others are doing it purely for, well, or more for health reasons. And oftentimes there's even ideas of what do you call yourself? You know, some people say I'm an ethical vegan and Mm. other people say I'm plant-based. So even amongst this group where it seems like it's well-defined, there is, of course, some gray area. Interesting. Okay, then I've heard this before. Not eating honey blows my mind because I understand it's it's fuel and food for for more bees. Mm -hmm. But if you just tap it and you share... I mean, are you really taking away from the bee? Why is that cruel to, to a vegan? Right. Yeah, that's an interesting idea. And I, full disclosure, I do still eat honey. Um, I buy it from my local farmer's market mm-hmm. where they are not, well, actually, I shouldn't say that. I can't speak with uh, full confidence. But in general, so, the, so really the problem with mass-produced bees, mass-produced oh. honey is that the the honey is taken from them and that is their food and that is often replaced with a sugar syrup also when let's see so actually it's interesting my uncle in australia studies bees he studies their flight patterns Mm -hmm. and i was even discussing it with Mm -hmm. this with him and he's been a vegetarian all his life he was saying that once they once the bees produce once the worker bees produce enough food for themselves they actually will stop stop collecting pollen and stop producing more honey Mm -hmm. and the queen will grow larger and larger and so what they do the queen starts to get a little bit mm, uh, a little bit aggressive so they'll actually take the queen bee and they just squish her and they kill her and then in order to grow another queen they will select one I I don't quite understand how they select it but they will basically start feeding another bee to uh, what is it the royal honey and uh, royal jelly royal royal jelly jelly. and then yeah and she becomes more powerful and larger and starts to control the hive I'm probably not saying that exactly accurately but but, that is fascinating but but I think the idea so with bees you think about how much of our food requires their services to pollinate Mm -hmm. and it's you know all actually almost all of California's agriculture which provides the food for most of the nation 
is done by bees and these bees 100%. are yeah these bees are trucked from place to place to pollinate the yeah. various farms so they're taken to the almond farms they're taken to uh, you know they're just they're just trucked yeah. all over the place so you know they the idea of how do you feel about animals and how do you feel about animal exploitation? If you mm. thought about how, what that life is like for the bees, mm. where their food is being stolen, where their, you know, their, their leader is being killed, where they're trucked from place to place. I mean, I, I could, you know, I can wow. absolutely see how that's exploitative. And a lot of people say like, well, whatever, honey, it's, you know, why do I need it? I think the, the harder part is that honey can be in a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, baked goods that would otherwise be vegan. So that can be a little bit of a challenge. Wow. Mind blown. Um, Did not consider all of those things, but I have just now been educated like, bam. Wow. Okay. I get it now though. That makes perfect sense. They're being exploited. They're carted around, probably dying in, you know, very large quantities being exposed to pesticides and different things. So yeah, I totally get that. That makes sense. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for that. So you were saying we were talking earlier before we began about this all or nothing mentality when it comes to being a vegan. And I, I would love to hear you, uh, you know, speak on that a little bit because you say you're vegetarian, but you're almost hundred percent vegan. And I, just go, just go on because I really liked what you were talking about earlier about the all or nothing. Sure. So the reason why I went vegetarian uh, over 14 years ago is I was in Philadelphia. I've loved animals all my life, and I was working with one of the nonprofit groups there called People Pet Partnership, and we were taking cats and dogs and puppies and kittens out of very high kill, out of the very high kill city shelter in mm-hmm. Philly, and bringing them to other places and adopting them out. So I've grown up with animals. I've always love them and I started relating well it's being around these animals that I didn't know and that I would only spend a few hours with and feeling this this uh I don't know this these this affection for them Mm -hmm. and and wanting to have them wanting for them to have a good life and feeling care for them Mm -hmm. started to then make me realize about uh farm animals um Mm. and I then decided to stop eating meat. So I became a vegetarian. And then in the last, I don't know, I'd say about six or seven years, I started getting more and more interested in veganism. Mm. And um, again, it's really the idea of doing the best you can to do the least amount of harm, because um, one one of the topics that you touched on is this all or nothing mentality. Right. And if you think about trying to be perfect, it's actually impossible because all food, when it's harvested, does harm some beings, whether they be mice or bugs or, uh, you know, other uh, birds, other things, um, other animals yeah. that are inconsequentially, that are, that are accidentally killed in the process. Yeah. And it's, um, it's overwhelming. I was just reading something about when olives are collected, the way they, the way they do it at night, they actually shake the trees shake the and trees. it kills all these birds. It kills yeah. all these, uh, you know, uh, all these songbirds, which Italy, is just, yeah. which is really mm-hmm. crazy. And yeah. I've never even considered that. So you could say, okay, I'm not going to eat olive oil because it does this. But unfortunately, in order for people to live, some things are going to end up being, you know, being harmed. So hmm. the idea of perfectionism, it's, it's not actually possible. And then you right. even think about things like our medications that unfortunately, you know, everything is tested on animals at some point to right. be approved for use in humans. And, right. um, you know, it's uh, unfortunately being alive and being 
you know, being a human, that that things have been exploited for our lives. So, so just I think being mindful about what you consume and being informed and then making the best choices you can at any given time is probably the best approach, not just for the animals and for the environment and for your and uh, for, you know, for 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 everything outside of yourself, but even for yourself, too, because trying to do an all or nothing mentality and trying to be perfect is really hard. (laughs) So my husband and I, we decided that we would do uh, right now one day a week, no meat. One day a week. I, I think that's pretty easy for me. I really enjoy doing that. Um, it's really not that hard, honestly. Even if you say you eat like chicken and steak every day and you have eggs in the morning, start small and maybe have the eggs in the morning but no other pro- meat products during the rest of the day. But making those small choices and those small changes, it changes the world effectively like you know, you said it could change the culture. Yeah, absolutely. The small things that each one of us do with millions of people just in our country alone, hundreds of millions, we can have collectively have a huge impact. And actually, interestingly, we're seeing those changes in in, um, in diet. If you look at the sales of non-dairy milks that are just through the roof. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and oat milk is really hot, you know, really exciting. Um, you know, all these different plant milks and uh, and the different uh, mock meats as well, like Beyond yeah, and the Impossible Burger. If How... you've never tried it, you got to try mm-hmm. it. And they're appearing at all these fast food restaurants. They're actually becoming part of our culture now. So I love that. So these ideas that, you know, we have to have these things because this is what we grew up with, that's actually not even true. If you think mm-hmm. about it, the idea of eating meat at every meal is because meat is so inexpensive. And mm. when it was consumed before, it was because it was for it was for a special occasion, like roasting your turkey for Thanksgiving, right. having this, you know, ham for Christmas. Previously, even back until what, the, even the 50s, people were eating small amounts of meat. Mm-hmm. Today, people want to have this big, you know, hunk of meat at every single meal. And that's not only not good for us, it's not good for the animals, it's not good for the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, if these, you know, if any of these things concern you, then, you know, making a small change and replacing uh, one of your meals that you'd normally have meat sure. with something that's not meat is, you know, a great way to start. And you totally. would, ne- and you'll never, you would never realize how, oh my God. what, cu- how many interesting foods there are out there mm-hmm. and that how much you rely on eating the same things over and over again. So for mm-hmm. me actually doing, moving more towards vegan, I, st- I cook strict, I cook strictly vegan at home that has opened up a whole new world of flavors and um, textures and tastes. And it's so exciting and, and creates creativity too I like it's it's really fun I will read um, recipes and be like how can I convert this to vegan and make it delicious and still have the same umami flavors and brightness and exciting textures and all these things and it's just it's so much fun totally so there's a recipe we were speaking about this earlier um, for a vegan cookie dough and what's surprising to me especially if you're a meat eater and you hadn't you don't really eat vegan food quite often or at all uh, it's made with garbanzo beans. And when I heard about that the first time, it blew my mind. I thought, beans in a sweet dessert? I was like, huh? So I gave it a try. 
And there's so many things garbanzo beans can do. So you can whip the water and create like a foam, which you blows can, my mind. You can make macarons, meringues. Uh, I've made an Italian Swiss butter, uh, Italian meringue buttercream with it, and Amazing. a Swiss meringue buttercream. It's 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 yeah. And I've made may- uh, vegan mayonnaise with it. Um, people make vegan cheeses with it. You, it's very very versatile. Wow. You can use it in place of egg whites, even for cocktails too. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) Wow. You're amazing. That's so crazy. Yeah. So there's so many different things in, and she's right with all the different textures and tastes that are new to you. If you're a foodie, try vegan food. If you enjoy like going to a great steakhouse and having these amazing courses create like, you know, given to you, try a vegan, a really nice vegan restaurant. If you're in Los Angeles, there's one called Gracias Madre. There's one called, um, Mohawk Bend and they are both fabulous um, vegan vegetarian restaurants where you can get unreal food (laughs) and it's just so it's so eye-opening and exciting I know we talked about the mock meats and they're Mm -hmm. so good by the way I bet you 20 bucks if I put a Beyond Burger in front of you that was grilled to perfection with a big slice of onion and tomato and ketchup you would be floored I I swear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What are some things, though, that we can switch out that would be satisfying and somewhat easy to cook? Sure. So some of the really simple choices would be uh, your protein source. So mm. beans, you can buy them if for the most economical way and the most versatile, you could actually buy dried beans and cook them from scratch. Um, if you have a pressure cooker, you can get them cooked within about 30 minutes. That's what I usually wow. do. Um, and they're so, so inexpensive. You can buy a whole pound of chickpeas yeah. for about, I don't know, $1.50. Wow. And that pound of dried chickpeas will hydrate, I think, by about uh, to, to about three times their weight. So that's really so if you think that's going to be like three pounds of protein for a buck fifty with with like, you know, with and if you don't have a pressure cooker, you can cook it on the stovetop. No problem. It'll just take about an hour and a half. And it's not active time. You just let it simmer and you just kind of ignore it. But the but um, if you don't have time, understandably so, you could buy canned beans. Mm -hmm. Um, Lentils are an excellent source of protein. And in most actually in most grocery stores, I would imagine at this point you can indeed find tofu and um, tempeh which is fermented soybeans and other grains and these are very you know whole wholesome foods they're Mm. not they're minimally processed okay Um, the mock meats are delicious that's that's good and they're they're a great and and of course the beans are you know minimally they're they're not processed they're well okay they're processed in that they're dried or they're they're cooked in cans so minimally processed as well but Mm -hmm. the mock meats obviously go through more processing they're more expensive Mm -hmm. because of that um because of the technology involved and the packaging and whatnot, but Mm -hmm. they're a great substitute too. And actually today, um, many grocery store chains carry Gardein products. They -hmm. they carry Morningstar Farms and these are, uh, you know, Gardein is strictly vegan and they make like chicken fingers and, you know, fish fillets and all these things where it's a really simple substitute. Um, I bet you if you put one of these uh, vegan chicken nuggets in front of a kid, they would be like, these are delicious. Give me more oh, chicken nuggets. I mean, totally. you know, a lot of the meat that, uh, you know, we Americans consume are very processed and there's a reason that's why kids like them. They like hot dogs. They like chicken fingers. They like, you know, hamburgers, these things you can easily make a swap with the, with the non animal versions of them. And probably people can't even tell the difference. They're getting great at this. Uh, oh, 100%. At, at, yeah, at, at making the taste and the texture just spot on. It's spot on. And and 
I'm not sure. Excuse my ignorance. I never make bread, but is Mm -hmm. bread always vegan? Um, So things like uh, brioche and challah, they will have often, definitely brioche has both eggs and butter in it. So it would not be vegan. Okay, got it. A lot of packaged breads, they will add honey to them. So if that's a concern of yours, you do want to read the ingredient Mm. labels. Um, The honey helps uh, keep, what is it? It's, it's, uh, it helps retain moisture in the bread so it doesn't dry out as quickly. So that's why they tend to put in more whole wheat breads. Can you get fat? If you're a vegan. <laughs> Absolutely. No doubt. I mean, French fries, if they're you know not cooked in animal fat or vegan. Uh, any pastas that you buy that are dry on the shelf, those are vegan. Uh, you know, you can you can eat all kinds of uh, tortilla chips. You know, you can eat mm. potato chips, uh, peanut butter. You know, there's you can easily You can easily overindulge in vegan food just like you can with any food. So, of course, you know, choose making good choices and trying to have a balanced diet is is always a great, great idea. Yeah, for sure. I know I that would be the one thing I think would be an easy you could change, but it would be an easy way to gain a bunch of weight by just consuming a bunch of carbohydrates, Mm -hmm. assuming that you're not eating you know, animal products. You're you're so hungry, you want steak, but you have a whole bowl of pasta instead. <laughs> yeah, that, that wouldn't be good. And that's why, personally, I like to include something that has uh, a denser protein mm. aspect to it, like mm-hmm. beans or lentils or tempeh or tofu or a mock meat, just something that's a little bit more substantial and really fills the place, that center of the plate type yeah. of role for you know, you know, for your for each of your meals. Yum. Well, thank you so much, Sandhya, for coming. And um, I want, if you, if it would be okay, I'd love to share some of your recipes on the blog. Absolutely. Yay! Okay, well, thanks for coming today. Thank you for having me. I don't know about you, but I'm hungry. If you have any questions or comments, go to the website, www.thelittlebitpodcast.com, and click on the podcast section. We'll be back next week with a new episode. Become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash the little bit podcast so you can help me make more amazing podcasts just like this one. The Little Bit Podcast is recorded and produced by me, Joni Sprague, in Orange County, California. The music you're hearing today is from Sleep North America, and you can download it for free on SoundCloud. SoundCloud.